0: Hello everyone, you are in for such a treat today. We are taking a break from the norm and we are gonna talk with Shauna Nyquist and her new book, I guess I haven't learned that yet. And maybe you already have a copy, maybe you're familiar with her previous works, maybe you've seen her on the Today Show, but whatever the case, whatever your familiarity is with one of my very favorite storytellers, I am positive that you're going to simply love this conversation. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. Shauna,
1: <laughs> hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. Good morning. This is Good so Good
0: morning. This is such a delight for me. I've been following you for years. I have read your books and been to your conferences. I hang on your posts. I share them with friends. And I'm just really, really grateful that you're here.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for doing this. Um,
0: A couple of months ago, as you know, I had your wonderful husband on the show. And one of the ways that I like to introduce guests to listeners is to ask them, tell us a few things about who and what you love. And of course, he immediately started gushing about you. And when he did, He mentioned what a lovely host you are, just your gift of hospitality. And of course, he meant so much more than setting a table, although you can certainly nail that too. And, um, but as he was talking about this gift of hospitality, he was saying that it's not necessarily your home or your cooking, but instead it's how you make people feel that you make people feel at home. And I certainly know this to be true myself. I think that you'll probably relate to this feeling of, um, I feel like I'm always having to put something down or pick something up in order to truly belong anywhere. It's like there's Mm. always this kind of tugging thought in the back of my head that says, if these people really knew what you were thinking or feeling or struggling with, I'm not sure that I would be wholly welcome here. Um, Mm. But there is something about you, Shauna. And I don't know if it's being non-judgmental. I don't know if it's this calm acceptance. I don't know what it is, but there's something about you that allows people to be perfectly honest in your presence. Do you have any insight into this hospitality quality of yours? What is your secret to loving so well?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, that is an incredible compliment. Thank <laughs> you. I
0: mean it so much. Um.
1: Wow. Um, I would say a couple things. You know, um, I think each of us are born with a particular, and people use all different words for it. Some of it, some people use the word vocation or calling or core passion or core identity. Um, The center of the center for me is hospitality and yeah. and and you're exactly right i actually i think sometimes people think that when they come to my house it's going to be a lot fancier than it is but i <laughs> like uh, i've got like a little woodland village on the table for every you know right, right. um i i really like a not not a fancy host at all but um what makes me feel the most at home in my own skin Mm -hmm. and on the planet Mm -hmm. is when I have an opportunity to hold space for a person or a group of people and say like, you're safe here. And I see you and it matters to me that you're in my home and Mm -hmm. what can I do to make you feel Mm -hmm. nourished and nurtured? So that's, um, it's when I feel the most at home in my own skin.
0: Yeah. And so you can love well from that place of confidence or comfort or whatever. It's, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. Um, You create with your words such a personal experience. There's such an intimate bond between writer and reader. Um, It's an intimate relationship really. And you as the writer are always going first, you know, and it's, it's so brave, but it's also um, invulnerable, but it's also really, really humble and just the title of this book. I guess I haven't learned that yet. Um just the title like right from the get go it screams humility. Um can you tell us how you came up with this title? Well, I mean that
1: you know there's uh there are a lot of things that went into landing on this title but a lot of it was, you know, when you have been a writer for a long time, when you've been speaking at a lot of events, when you uh it's easy for people to start seeing you as an expert.
0: Yeah.
1: This, this is a person who knows. Right. Um, and I was going through a a season in my life where I knew less than ever. Mm. So many of the things I had assumed, uh, would be a part of my life forever were changing almost more quickly than I could keep up with them. And so, um, first I questioned if I wanted to still be a writer, Mm. do I know anything at all? Do I have anything to say? I wasn't sure, but I did know. That if I was going to continue writing, it was going to, I was going to have to find a way to do it uh, while simultaneously being honest about how much I didn't know. percent. So I had to find a title that debunked all the assumptions mm-hmm. right off the bat yeah. that like she knows some stuff. Yeah. So when you start right off at the beginning of a yes. book with the, right on the, like on the cover and you say like, <laughs> Hey, guess what? I'm not going to give you right now. Our answers." <laughs> right. That was the thing that set me free then, uh, to write this book because I wouldn't have been able to do it, uh, from the position right. of an expert.
0: You know, but I love a spiritual guide who isn't afraid to say, I don't know. It's like you become trustworthy in that way. I can believe you now. (laughs) You know, it's like you can be confident about these few things that you know, and then you can be unconfident about these things that you're admitting you don't know yet. And it's like, well, now I can believe you. Let's, you know, it's such a great place to start. It's so disarming too. You know, um, Johnny Carson, we're about the same age, so I know you know, but um, Johnny Carson had this tagline that he would use with everyone. And I don't even know that he knew he was doing it, but it was just this way to make people feel comfortable and to get their best. He would look at them and so sincerely say, I did not know that. I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that now that you say it, I've heard you say that a million times. And so it's just, it's just something that makes everybody relax and settle in and go, Oh, thank goodness. Me neither. You know? Um, I love how when you're telling the story about your kids and all of their new experiences moving to New York and you just putting it very plainly, you know, as they were learning all these new things that you just put it plainly. You're not dumb. You're new. You know, like there are things that we're not born knowing. It's O-K. so many things. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you have a set of choices, right? You can either, if you need to be the expert in every room, Or if you need to get it right the first time, you can try that, but you can never start anything new. You can never change. You can never move. Change your mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you go the other direction and you say, I don't need to be seen as an expert. I don't need to get it all right the first time. I don't need to be the answer person. Yeah. There's a lot of freedom then in, in terms of normal life, but also faith, parenting, writing, marriage, all of a sudden, when you get to be curious and to be yes. a learner, yes. things really start to unlock. Absolutely. It's a very life-giving way to live.
0: Yeah. And we live in this culture where confidence is admired and mistakes are mocked. And it might seem counterintuitive to lead with an I don't know, but I'm certain that it's that sentence that leads us to discovery. That is exactly, is the it's the very first step to learning anything at all. So um, thank you for going first as you do. Um, so you write early on that there are, <laughs> that there are seasons for tidy prose, and that this is decidedly not one of them. I laughed out loud when I read that because I'm like, Oh my gosh, we are all so battered and bruised, you know? And for me, personally i feel like it has been this very slow degradation of my ability to function in any of the ways that have been normal for me and when i read what your mom said to you it was kind of a cautioning of sorts that was like hey just so you know there was this time in my <laughs> in my mid 40s where everything that worked for me quit working all at the same time i, I mean i read that and i put the book down and I don't know what I did exactly. I probably just stared at the ceiling, but it was one of those moments where someone says something and you have this recognition of, Oh, that's true for me too. And so much of this book, Shauna, is a grief response of yours. It's a trauma response. It was a time where you felt, um, unrecognizable to yourself. And you mentioned specifically some very important tools that you used. Um, so how'd you get from there to here? Um, slowly and poorly, um, (laughs) but also, um,
1: really good therapy, Mm. walking, um, connection, even when all you want to do is isolate, Mm -hmm. um, silence, writing, um, poetry, um, I mean, I I feel like I tried everything and that's Mm -hmm. sort of what this season is about, right? Mm -hmm. I would be the last person to say, I know the three things that are going to help you through your season of grief or terror or trauma or whatever. But I do know like 50 things that I tried and you could try a handful of them and some will work for you that didn't work for me and they'll be different. But the point is let's try a bunch of stuff, right? Let's open ourselves up and be curious and see what yeah. might work. Yeah. Because we we're all coming out of collectively and individually, a profoundly use use the word like degrading. It was like mm-hmm. like this slow, we kept thinking we were hitting the bottom yeah. and the bottom kept getting deeper, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're still a lot of us grappling with the effects this season has had on all different parts of our lives. And so I think I do not have a silver bullet. But I know that there are ways that we can keep moving forward. And I want all of us to feel the freedom to keep trying, even if they're not the right ones, try yeah. another one, try yeah. another one, try yeah. another one.
0: You know, at, at the bottom of all of that, um, is you talk a lot about self-compassion and mm. you taught me in a previous book. I don't know if it was called tangerines or bread and wine, but you talk about, you were struggling with some forgiveness as we all have. and. um, this was re- this was profound to me in the moment that I was struggling. But you said it's we always think that it's kind of this one and done. Like oh, I let that person off the hook. I can I'm done. I can wipe my hands of that. But things are never over once they're over, right? <laughs> and there are these things that we have to keep returning to and returning to. And in forgiveness, in particular, it's a it's a letting yourself or it's letting them off the hook. But then it's letting them off the hook again and again and again. And so when you talk about self compassion, you talk about letting yourself off the hook, you know, that, that kindness that we extend to others, extending it to ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about how self-compassion helped you through?
1: You know, I, um, it's something I've historically been really bad at. Yeah. I, I hope that I've been a person, uh, who has met many people throughout my life with a deep sense of hospitality toward them. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I had a friend, she was actually, she's an editor that I've worked with several times. She's brilliant. And I was writing a chapter and she, emailed me and she said, um, I know why you're struggling with this chapter and it's because you are unw- you're withholding hospitality to your own self. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, oh no, you got me. <laughs> uh, she was exactly right. It's so easy for me. To extend that hospitality to other people, yeah. but I was unwilling to make space for and room for and and to love and nurture this part of myself. Yeah. And that's essentially what self compassion is. Yeah. And so um, I knew that, uh, and we know this cognitively that if you're a person who speaks to yourself with cruelty and violence, mm. that's going to leak out in your relationships. We think it sure. won't. We think like, no, 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 no. I'm just such yeah. a lovely person to other people. Yeah, um, but the way you speak to yourself matters. It matters because of what it does in your own self. It matters for the people that you're around. And so um, I became very aware of the fact that if I wanted to be a person of great empathy and compassion, it had to start with the way I speak to my own self. Yeah. Um, And I worked on it the way you work on any new thing, like every day like forgiving someone. Like I, I had to try to let myself off the hook every single day. I had to, and it's, it feels really like fakey and terrible at first. It feels like very, like, um, like very, like Instagrammy yoga, like Uh you're so beautiful. I was like, that does not feel right to me. I don't don't like trying this. Um, but I kept, I kept doing it. I kept saying like, um, actually this is a thing that really, really helped me. I have a friend named Joanna And she was um, speaking at an event and she had every single person, I love this so much. She had every single person get out their phone and open the notes app. And she said, I want you to think of someone in your life that you love, that you know also is struggling. And I want you to write them a three-line note. Dear Diana, I see what you're carrying. Mm -hmm. I see how brave you are. Mm -hmm. And I love you. Mm -hmm. Three lines for someone you love and who's struggling. Mm -hmm. So we all write it. And then she says, okay, change the name right now and put your own name at the top. Wow. And we're all like, ooh. And she's <laughs> like, nope, really do it. Really actually put your name there. Yeah. And when you see your
0: own name there. Yeah.
1: And it's really, really moving. That's and that's the
0: heart of self-compassion. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And it does. It feels like a gimmick at first, but then it can it become does. a practice. Yeah. You know, the way that I relate is um, I live in a college town and I love college girls. I think they're the perfect human being. It's like they're old enough to have some life experience, but they're young enough to be humble and searching. And the combination is just delightful to me. But they would sit on my couch and tell me things and they would always kind of gloss over the things that were hard. They'd be like, oh, but it's fine or whatever. Or I don't care. And I'm like, is that true? You know, and then it occurred to me that as I'm really prodding these girls and asking them for what the truth is, it was like, oh, I have to be really truthful. Like I'm not allowed to give a whatever. I'm not allowed to say, oh, but it doesn't matter. And so it just, it keeps us sharp when we look at the the ways that we're gifted with other people and then turning that back on ourselves is it's really a a powerful shift, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think there's so much messaging, especially for women to shrug off our pain.
0: Like, yes. oh, oh,
1: but it's fine But to, to fine. say something very truthful, but then finish that sentence with like, Oh, but don't worry. Oh, but it's right. not a big deal. Right. And I think a lot of those things are really big deals and yeah. really worth paying attention to. Absolutely.
0: Um, so I really resonated to how you wrote about dramatically simplifying your life when you moved from the suburbs of Chicago to 800 plus square feet in New York. Um, you talked really eloquently about your past desires to build these fortress, this fortress of sorts. Um, many people, deep, many, many relationships deep, even things deep. Um, And all of it was you discovered just really kind of some effort of, of safety. And so now during this time in your life, you really only have what you need. Three sweaters, rent money, um five good people <laughs> and my my closets are still currently busting at the seams with too many sweaters but i also feel this really desperate desire for simplicity my circles have gotten so small and it occurred to me one day cuz i was beating myself up for that but then it occurred to like i should try harder you know um but it occurred to me one day that maybe i don't need to be so hard on myself um for simplifying during a time of crisis um I'm curious what your thoughts are now. Like, where are you now? Is this a new way for you to live, or is it just kind of a, a way to take care of yourself during this time of healing? Well, one thing I do
1: know is that nothing has to be forever, right? Yeah. The the way I did it before yeah. doesn't have to continue. Right. The way I'm doing it now and was might it wrong? be forever, might not. Yeah. have right that there, there are so many right and lovely ways to live Yeah, and they can, we can change throughout the course of our lives and not every season has to look the same. So I would say, um, there was a season that felt very small, the combination of, Newly having moved somewhere and being, you know, kind of in a fog of a lot of grief and heartbreak, and then a global pandemic, things got very, very, very small. Yeah. I don't think they'll be quite that small forever, but I also don't think they'll be quite as big as they were before. Yeah. And a lot of it depends on the other circumstances in your life, right? Like yeah. um, it's okay to make things a little bit smaller when you have a new baby. Or when you're caring for aging parents, yes. or when well you're in the said. middle of a big creative project. And I think you just have to look at the whole picture all together. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we think there are rules for everyone yes. for every season. Yes. What's on your plate? Stagnant what are you building? Instead of yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your capacity? What's happening when your physical and mental health? What you know, all of these things work together. What other things have you committed to? We get to craft lives that are right sized for our own makeup and for the seasons that we're facing yeah. and the commitments we've made. Yeah. And I think that's really freeing.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, I feel like we have to train our brain um, from either or to and both, you know, but, yes. it's, but it's a real, it is, becomes a discipline, <laughs> you know, because um, it's not necessarily knee jerk. Um, what are you hopeful for, Shauna? Meaning what gives me hope
1: or what do I want in the future? Both. Okay. <laughs> and okay. both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds so cliche right now, but it's so true right now. I feel like everyone's saying because it's true. We have never so badly needed a springtime. Oh, amen. Right. This is like a cosmic, <sighs> existential yeah. in our souls, yes. in the air, yes. springtime. And yes. you know, I have. Uh, even just, just back to the last question we were talking about, the idea of seasons is really important to me right now. Um, nature teaches us how we ought to live in the sense that yeah. there is a season for everything coming to life and being beautiful and blooming, and then it all dies. Mm-hmm. And then there's a season of quiet and cold and silence. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get new life. Yeah, That's how it works. And I'm sort of the last to know, right? <laughs> I think... Um, everything should be blooming and summertime all the time, right? It's just not how our world works. And so the more that we can delight in spring and in summer, and then let go and Mm -hmm. affirm Mm that the the letting go of autumn and the silence of winter, that's a healthy cycle. uh, So I would say, I am like holding with both hands to this springtime that we've needed so much. But I also am not naive enough anymore to believe that now all we get is spring. That's right. right? That's right. Um,
0: And we can lean into those winter times because we spend so much time trying to avoid the metaphorical winter, right? It's like, we don't want to get to that low, low or that dark, dark, but I'm certain that leaning into it is exactly what paves the way to that high, high. But when we're trying to lop off the edges all the time, I don't, I don't think that we can get our fullest extent of joy if we haven't experienced this fullest extent of despair. Absolutely. and to
1: extend the metaphor a little bit, what I'm where I live these days would be sort of like what they talk about with like micro seasons. I'm not expecting a year and a half of pure joy, right. I want a little bit of joy today sure. and a little bit more tomorrow, right alongside the pain, right alongside the chaos, I don't need joy to be one hundred percent uncomplicated by yeah. any darkness or uncertainty. Yeah. I don't think that exists for any of us, mm-hmm. but I am absolutely willing to grab on with both hands to little fleeting moments of joy when I can get them. Right. 10 great minutes. I'll take it. Yes. Um, I I don't need a guarantee anymore of how great it's going to be for how long, when I find it, I hold on to it and I keep it.
0: And you have all these experiences to look back on and say spring came. It, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It always does. No one starts out willing to wait, but you can look back and be like every time spring came. Here we Every are. Time. <laughs> Shauna, you are a sage and a sister and there is this, um, disinfecting quality to the light and you shine it absolutely everywhere you go, um, by telling the truth and going first and welcoming people just as they are. And it was such an honor to talk to you today. God bless you and bless you. Um, everybody, please go pick up your copy of I guess I haven't learned that yet. Um, Will you tell people how to follow along and get more and more of your goodness?
1: Oh thank you so much that was so kind. Um so the place where I am most often is Instagram. My name there is just SNquist and all of the information about the book should be there. I feel like I'm looking at your copy is it a Barnes and Noble special yes, edition? Yes. It is. Yes okay. Barnes and Noble has an amazing special edition. We had one extra essay that was very very long. But we mm-hmm. could not find a place for mm-hmm. and I really wanted to include it in the book mm-hmm. and Barnes and Noble said we would love to include it in our version. Yes so there's a long a long awesome. extra essay. Yeah there's a long ex- extra essay about the writing process and a book list of the books that really kind of carried me through the last couple of years. Awesome. So that Barnes and Noble one is one I'm pretty excited about, but there's an audio version also that has like an extra, um, it's our family's perfect three days in New York city. So it's got like a hundred rest- restaurant recommendations and like three museums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you
0: can get it everywhere. Thank uh, you. Awesome! I love your approach to writing. Just real quick, as an aside, that um, you don't really pin yourself down to one thing. Like you're, you have a very expansive approach, and not <laughs> a junk drawer, not the junk drawer. I was just gonna say <laughs> a little bit toward the junk drawer. I get it. <laughs> so I just, I appreciate that. I was thank talking you. with a, a writer friend of mine, and we were like, oh, this feels so liberating. Um, thank you, Shauna, a million times over, thank guys. You. Please like and subscribe to Center Saint Sister, and go get more of Shawna any Equest wherever you can. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to fortecatholic.com
1: slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.